Welcome to the guilt trip. How are you going, Kai? I'm good. All things considered, I'm great. You are great, all things yeah. considered. Trying to see the bright side of the situation. Absolutely. There's a, a lot of horror stories at the moment, but there's a lot of good things happening as well. Actually, I, I cried when we got that delivery of fruit and veg the other day. I actually was quite <laughs> emotional mm. because it was all local stuff. Like I try and buy local stuff or Aussie-made stuff, you know, mm -hmm. to help our economy and things like that. But, um, yeah, this actually made me go, oh, my God, I don't know. Like I'm supporting local people. We're all kind of coming together in the community. So you were forced or we, we've been forced to now look for alternative shopping means, right? So you and I are both scared to go into the local supermarket, right? We you actually are. You literally are scared. Yeah. You take a deep breath before you go in there and you try and hold on as long as possible, right? <laughs> I know. And I look like, seriously, like a meerkat. I and was running around the other day. Yeah. I had my reading glasses on that don't even... Work. Really work, but I had to, I wanted to cover my eyes. Oh yeah, I fair then enough. had the mask on. But you you, you don't want to talk to anyone. You no. don't want to see anyone. You want to stand away as far away as possible from everyone. So then you've gone and tried to get um, a delivery from our local supermarket, right? And they aren't taking anything, or the no. website's crashed, or something like that. Oh well, they're not taking any more registrations. Like you can't sign up to get deliveries. Yeah, which they're is like, crazy. So that's yeah. forced you to actually look outside the square mm. and get an alternative, say, food supplier. Yeah, and they're amazing. My gosh, it was so fresh and beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was like oh. the, just I should it was find the, out what it is. And yeah, shout out to them. Yeah, it was Wills and Daniel, a South Australian company that supply fruit and veg primarily, but also, you know, other staples like pasta and flour and things like that. Actually, they don't do flour. They don't do flour. No. <laughs> flour is almost like a bit of gold at the moment, isn't it? Oh, my God, I need flour. Oh, my God. Yeah. Please, somebody. I just want to make some muffins. Um, yeah, no, willsanddaniel.com.au. If you're in South Australia and you're looking for some fresh fruit and veg, there's a plug for them. Yeah, but they that... were awesome. Like I cried on the cauliflower. That's how great it was. Oh, you're disgusting. So foul. But that's what I mean. There's some good things that are coming out of it. So although there's um, unfortunately, you know, people struggling, there's some people doing really well. And that's good. Yeah. yeah. Keep going, people. Uh, especially um, the Americans at the moment are getting slammed. Oh, geez. Yeah. Like, the, like Italy and Spain. Mm. You, the, it looks like America's the next cab off the rank, so to speak, with this whole disaster. Especially places like New York, which is such a, a oh, hive, isn't it? A hot spot because it's just so many people in, a, in an area. Yeah. High density living. Without the precautions given. I think to the to the local people. I mean, I'm not saying that Trump is good. Oh, going down the Trump track. We won't no, go down the, the Trump, Trump track. track. But he should have really given out a big hardcore warning a little bit earlier. Oh my goodness, that man. Yes. Oh, anyway, that's a whole nother podcast, right? Yeah. So um, shout out to all our Americans. Yeah. Stay safe. Stay home. Uh, do what you can. I hope you're doing okay. It can be a very full-on time and quite, you know, depending on your situation, quite depressing, isolating, all those things. So take care of yourself. Absolutely. But I just read uh, one of many articles, but uh, just read that one-third of the world has gone into self-isolation. And the climate's going to be so much better for it. One-third. That's a lot of people. It's a hell of a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. I, I would have thought it'd be a lot more with India and China. But, yeah, one-third of the world population. Wow. So what are countries like, I don't know, Estonia doing? don't know. I'm going to look, look that it, up. Look it up. Hi to Estonia. Hi to Estonia. <laughs> if you're listening. be good if Estonia listened. I don't know if they do. To do they speak English? No. Where is well, Estonia? They, I'm sure there are people that do. Estonia is like one of those eastern states that's kind of in there. <laughs> Look it up on a map, Jesus. Okay. It's in there. It's in there somewhere. Hey, but to distract from all the coronavirus talk, we talked to a couple of friends who are in isolation. In fact, they're in lockdown the other night, which is what this episode's all about. 
it was Renee and Mark Dutton. And uh, they decided to do something a little bit different as far as having an interview over video, like a video call. That's how we interviewed them. And they decided to do it nude, right? Yeah, the, it was Mark's wish to always do this thing, <laughs> this thing nude. And oh look, I'm not one not to nude up, but I'm happy to nude up. Yeah, any, you, yeah, exactly. Any, any reason for me to get nude, not a problem. So we were completely starkers. Um, thanks for your ball bag, Mark. I wasn't nude. No, you weren't. By the way, I cheated. You'd be happy to know. It looked like they thought that I was nude because I pulled everything down just above my boobs. So yep. actually in the video, it looks like I have nothing on, but I totally did. Suckers. Oh. Uh, Renee got her boobs out, which is oh, great. Oh, my goodness. It was they're, they're out of control, those people, but it's they good are. fun. It's good fun. So so can we just go back? They're in isolation. They live in the Barossa Valley. The Barossa Valley has totally been locked down because of the fact there were, at the talk about Americans, some American tourists that came in, unbeknown to them, had coronavirus, and the, there's a whole cluster of coronavirus cases there now. Hence the reason the Barossa is under lockdown. I think Mark was going a bit stir crazy. He's looking after the kids. Homeschooling them, Home, yeah. Homeschooling. So it was definitely a late night um, podcast. It was. It went on for quite a while. And With apologies kids. if the uh, audio is a bit whack. We're still trying to work it out because we're doing stuff from home, obviously. I'll be on to it. So, um, yeah, just just be mindful. He's a pretty crazy cat, Mark, and pretty crazy chick. Renee. Yeah, I actually used to be in a band with Mark. He was the drummer. Um, I was the singer. Uh, so we've had have a bit of a history there of, uh, I don't know, we used to spend a lot of time talking crap for hours on end during rehearsal, band rehearsals. Really? You wouldn't know. Oh my God. You wouldn't know. Anyway, but you know, hey, and if you, if you do want to contact us at The Guilt Trip, get onto our Instagram at The Guilt Trip Podcast and you can just DM us if you, you know. Want to tell us something good? Something good. Don't like baggers or anything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to have criticism as well. It's always constructive <laughs> well, criticism. Constructive is fine. Sure. Yeah, if you want us to shout shout out to you or something, let us know. Uh, yeah, but anyway, Kai, a song. We haven't had a song. Oh, you want me to do a song? Well, I don't really want you to, but I think it's become a bit of a thing. Oh, righty. Okay. Tradition. I do, I do a little bit of a um, song, but that's just a spur of the moment thing. Oh, sorry. I didn't realise you're looking forward to it. Oh, okay. Well, don't, you look, Kai, to don't do a song. Okay, you ready? We're going to listen to the episode. Okay, let's get new dutzes. Let's get new dutzes. Let's get new dutzes. Nudie, nudie, nudie. Rudy, rudy, rudy. Nude, 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 nude. We find the defendant. The Guilt Trip. Hey, Renee and Dutz. Well, I should say Mark and Renee Dutton we have on The Guilt Trip. Thanks for chatting to us on the line. Yes, look, no worries. You know, I'm feeling very guilty. <laughs> I've done nothing wrong yet. Oh, well, let's explain why you're feeling guilty. It's because you guys are actually nude on the other end. Um, what, what's, the, what's the reason behind wanting to be nude, actually? It's a good question. You know what? You, you asked me a long time ago when... Uh, the Guilt Trip podcast was just an idea. You hadn't done one yet. And you said to me, hey, Dutz, will you be my first guest? And you thought it was a great idea until I said we should do it nude in a car. Um, <laughs> you've done 73 podcasts since. And finally, I get the shot to do it nude, probably because we're not in a car and we're about 130 kilometres from each other. That's probably why yeah. I get the, get the go. Um, I'm, I'm, um, I'm not actually feeling guilty. I'm feeling free. Yeah. Well, good. Free and fresh. And it's a good time to be feeling free because we're not feeling that free in this social isolation. And uh, look, we're definitely more than 1.5 metres away from each other. So hooray for that. And nude. And nude. This is what this is what social distancing and isolation will do to a person or a couple. Have a look at us. There's four of us grown adults who have only ever seen each other naked from the neck up, all <laughs> sitting here with our bits and pieces out. Let's go back a little bit because I've seen you naked many times. 
Yeah, you probably have. (laughs) (laughs) My wife has much better breasts than I do. Oh, my goodness. And that's why we're happy that she's along. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys both, Renee and, and Mark, you both run your own business. What's it like at the moment for both of you? What are you doing? What's your setup currently? Well, I've just been working all the time and Mark has been home with the kids, working as much as I can, as many haircuts as I can, just trying to get get by. How are you dealing with the social dis- – do you have to social dis- distance as a hairdresser? Like, well, yeah, we do have um, four metres apart each chair has to be. So we are, we are following the rules. Mm. Um, so every now and then we do have to put a client into a beauty room on their own so that they're away from everyone, just the way it has to be until it's all over. Yeah, right. That's tough. Mm. Does, that, is, does that make it harder? Like you can only have, you have to have fewer people, like fewer appointments so you can fit people in? Uh, so no, we can have the same amount of appointments, but we have four beauty rooms that we can sit. Um, if you have your foils put in, you'll go and sit in a beauty room and wait till they're processed so that we can use that chair for someone else. We were lucky to have scored a huge building. Mm. We, we didn't know this at the time, obviously, Luckily. but it's it's an old wool store. So you can imagine the the height and the width of this building. So um, I was able to map out eight uh, four-square-metre work areas, which is probably the saving grace. It's probably the only thing that's kept us going. There's a mm. lot of shops that have closed down because traditionally uh, a hairdressing salon is more narrow and long. Mm. Uh, so we, we just jagged this building eight years ago. Actually, it was eight years to the day um, yeah, it was eight years to the day that we we opened the doors to this place that we actually uh, had to put these measures in place. So mm. it's been a bit difficult. I've been spending a bit of time at the salon. I'm also still trying to run my two businesses and homeschool the kids. We are noticing a decline in um, um, sales at both ends. Renee is not so bad. Landscaping for me is, has gone very quiet. Mm. Um, I do have a couple of larger contracts um, where what we do is seen as essential because they're in aged care villages. So at the minute we're staying afloat, but um, we can definitely see it starting to taper off as far as um, what we made one month compared to the next or one mm. week compared to the next. Yeah, it's really, really tough, isn't it? And uh, how's homeschooling as a homeschooling dad? Like what are you doing? Are you, are you doing a full day, full-blown day of homeschooling with the kids? How do you Yeah, do yeah. Look, our kids go to a private college, so um, the kids get up in the morning, the alarm goes off as normal. They get up and they put their uniforms on. We want to make it as close to a school day as we possibly can. They have recess at recess time, lunch at lunchtime, and not long after lunch we finish school because they can get through their lessons much quicker, just the two of them being at home. Yeah. Um, but uh, we, we are using a tool called Schoolbox, which the school provides. Um, and um, today I spoke to the senior head of all five campuses and um, told him what I thought of his school box, which is... Uh, done nothing other than than disappoint my kids and make them feel like they're failures it's and I'm I'm not the only parent or teacher who feels the same way they've spent a trillion dollars on this thing so they've got to back it up I actually asked him could he please email me home uh some uh exercises on a piece of a4 paper so I can print them out and the kids can actually get something done yeah, right. So um, wow. I, don't, I, I don't know if my kids go to that school anymore. <laughs> they go to Duff's home school. So just um, go back. How old are your kids? Uh, six and eight. This is the problem with audio. You can't actually see this at home. But every now and then, Kai and Mark stand up and show each other their bits. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, it's, I feel like, you know, you guys are like six years old again. Hey, look at mine. So do we. Look at mine. This is um, this is Snagfest. Snagfest 2020. Hey, I love that your kids are putting on their school uniform. How cute is that? I love it. But you sound like you're keeping it together, though. Like, are you missing seeing people? I guess, Renee, you're getting to see people all the time. Um, yeah, I did actually um, meet someone today that has been... Um, <laughs> <laughs> she was telling me that she's, she's looking after Prince Charles and Diana's cat while they're away at the moment. <laughs> So. You know Diana, the lady who was killed 45 years ago in a car accident in a tunnel in France? Yes, yes we yeah. do know. Yeah, yeah, her cat. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I don't get paid enough for this sort of stuff. 
she could be, Renee. Did you ever think that maybe she's actually looking after their cat? Maybe it's a really freaking old cat. It's a very old cat. 40-year-old cat. Like a mummified cat. Maybe she doesn't know it's gone yet. Diana's gone yet. You know, you know yourself as a hairdresser, you have to actually be a psychologist at half the time. So, did you, how did you deal with the situation, Renee? I'm just, uh, we, we asked what sort of cat it was and how did it get What breed of cat was it? What sort of cat was it? A tabby. Oh, because, because Charles would have a tabby, wouldn't he? Of, he would have course. a tabby. Of course he would. A stray. It would have been a stray. Look really? what it was found in the gardens. You, you have I no know. idea. Maybe maybe she actually was looking after Charles and Diana's cat, but it could be a completely different Charles and Diana. <laughs> so these were um, because her kids used to play tennis with Harry and William. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Was she English or was she Australian? Uh, which was from the UK until Gula rang her for help. Oh, okay. She came to Gula um, to help Gula out from the UK. You better not say much more. She's quite well known, and you're about to. You're about. Yes, to, yes, yes. She's, she, yes. She's quite well known locally. She came to help all of Gula out. So she came. Yes, yeah, she, yeah, she saved Gula from from what exactly? From financial ruin. Oh, oh she's great. Yes, she's we need more people like that. Then she's a fucking hero, or is she a fucking heroine? Or is she taking fucking heroin? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Renee, can I ask you a question? Keep going. How Go do on. you keep your 1.5 metres away from any face? I have very long arms. <laughs> <laughs> very good. So that doesn't apply to hairdressers, the 1.5 No, it doesn't apply to hairdressers. Because we're both facing the same way, we're not breathing towards each other like beauticians do. Um, right. You're not face-to-face with people. So you're basically on top of people, breathing on top of them. So the risk of you getting sick is less than them yes. getting sick, right? Okay. So you know what? It, it came down to a directional thing. Uh, the reason they closed nail therapists uh, and beauticians, eyelash studios, that sort of thing, is it's face-to-face and it's quite close. It's, it's about a 30-centimetre working space. The only reason that we're still allowed to trade is because the, the stylist and the client are both breathing in the same direction. Um, that's the only reason. Mm. If, it, if it wasn't for that, um, we would have shut two weeks ago. That's why we can't do waxing anymore because you're face to face. You, you're breathing on them. So. Face to the fanny. What? Yes. Yeah, you can't yeah. breathe on their fanny. Yeah, yes. yeah. Breathing on the fanny is not a big no-no, especially in this household. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Renee's actually quite partial to it, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, how oh, that's yeah. lovely. Tamara's not, she's more than partial to it. Oh, shut up. Yeah. Shut up. It turned into a ridiculous thing. I was Tamara, going to... you knew that Kai and I were going to be in this, this podcast together. Don't shake your head like in disbelief. Kai mm. and I are behaving ourselves. We have been very, very, very yeah. good so far. In fact, you have. Hey, so, Renee, what did you think of this whole ScoMo thing when he said, look, appointments will be 30 minutes, and then he reneged on that and completely went back on his word. What do you think that was about? I was a bit stressed about it, to be honest, but then I was listening to the radio in the car in the morning and you know when you listen to a really good story and you don't want to get out of the car until it's over because it's, it's getting really good? Well, they reckon that that night when he'd um, released it at like 10 o'clock at night and then in the morning after spending a night on the couch after telling his wife about it, he decided it wasn't a great idea. So <laughs> his wife, right? He didn't want to spend night two on the couch. So his wife would have said to him, half an hour, are you crazy? Look at my fucking hair. Half yeah. an hour, my ass. Yeah, on the couch. Sleep on the couch. Think about your actions. Yeah, absolutely. Think about what you've just done to Australian women and, and get back to me in the morning and see if a night on the couch helps. Yeah. yeah there we go. Reversal. Yeah. Thank you, Mrs. Mo. <laughs> Mrs. Mo. Mrs. Mo. So true. Lady, Lady Mo. Are we allowed to ask you guys questions? Yeah, it's just a chat. It's not really an interview. It's more of a chat. Well, I don't have any. I just thought I'd ask if we're allowed to. Yeah, you can. So there's your first one already, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I had a question. Good call. Okay. Good call. You're on to it. Tamara tries to lead it. Well, that's Tr- my job. Tries that's to. my job. But you can just do whatever you want. Just keep talking and don't let her get a breath in. We, we know you're the boss. Am I really? No, I was never really the boss, though. So you um, know. Hang on. How do you, when, when you say never really, what are you referring back to? 
The band. The band. Yeah, go on. Let's talk about the band. Yeah, band. Right, okay. So, yeah, but we can talk about the band. Are you still playing drums? What's going I, on? You know what? I'm, I have a setup in the garage. I don't play in bands anymore since my final gig, which um, I was honoured to play with yourself. I have done a fill-in gig, one fill-in gig for a band that I started years ago with Ben, Ben Gell. I played their final gig with them. They asked me if I would play their final gig with them as a band, which was mm-hmm. a bit of an honour, nothing like our final gig. Our final gig was fucking amazing and I played that with some fucking amazing people and I still miss it and I miss you guys badly, badly. It, I I feel it every now and again and it, it actually hurts. So I still do play drums. Seth has started to show an interest in playing drums. So ah. what we've done is we've got two electric drum kits set up out in the garage that face each other and um, we've got a bit of a little bit of a studio set up, a little bit of uh, like a, a mixer, a headphone amp and we can um, uh, play music through there and drum together and I'm now teaching the next generation to play drums of his own volition. Uh, there was no no mention of do you want to play or what have you. He, I just found him out there hitting the drums one day and he seemed like he had a bit of an idea and... Um, there he we loves go. It, doesn't he? he loves it. Yeah, mm. he really does love it. He's um wants to be just like dad, which is probably not a fucking good idea. Wow. Take the, the good bits. bits from you and Renee as well. Bits, all the good bits from me. My lungs and heart still work. That's about the best bit. The the, the rest you just don't want to know about. <laughs> yeah, because you've been through the ringer. Because like seriously, <clears throat> ducks, you're always in trouble. I've never met anyone who has as many Accidents and like I don't know, and I don't even know anymore if it's because you take heaps of risks because you used to all the time, right? I still do. Do you? Yeah, right. Yeah. No, kids didn't slow me down. I still, um, I'm still an adrenaline junkie. Um, I still uh, partake in high risk sports. It's just me, and I have been getting fucked up since I was given my first skateboard at Christmas. And every year since, there there hasn't been a year in my life that I haven't broken a bone. As a matter of fact, and I don't know if I can do this without showing you my ass or my balls. So I'm just going to I'm just going to tell you I'm actually currently sporting a broken toe. Believe it or not. <laughs> can I say there was one thing though that wasn't a high risk activity where you got hurt recently? Oh no! What was it? Filling up the petrol tank. Oh, for oh. Renee. So just go through step by step what happened there. Well, you know what? It kind of wasn't my fault. Renee was trying to help. So trying. You guys you guys are jet skiers. So you know um, when you're filling up a jet ski, you bring the jet ski up and you beach it and you take the lid off of the 20-litre fuel container, you uh, put the spout on and you fill up your jet ski. So what Renee had done for me is, Doing the right thing. Doing the right thing. On the 20-litre drum, she'd, she'd taken the lid off. Be a good wife. And I lifted it up uh, off of the off of the sand, like off of the beach, and put it up on the retaining wall. And as I did, this fuel splashed straight out into my eye. Oh. And um, it actually burnt me quite badly. They weren't sure whether I was going to lose sight in one of my eyes. Um, so I suppose it was kind of a jet skiing accident. <laughs> <laughs> You haven't even gone on the bloody jet ski yet and you're already See, half blind. I was, so not, it was, I was about 10 metres from it. I was this nowhere was, near um, it. This was 10 minutes after being stung by a bee as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. How, um, how else is Renee trying to kill you, though? Look, she's tried many, many a time, but she's a little bit a little bit piss weak in the I'm going to kill you department. Yeah, I'm a cat. I'm actually, I'm like several. I'm actually, I'm like Diana's cat. We went away on a cruise recently, and um, I, I understand that I, I do everything at a hundred plus percent. So if I'm going to try something, I try it like it is going to be the, the the last time I ever give it a go. We went on a cruise ship, and we were quite lucky to go right as the COVID nineteen saga started. So our trip was relatively safe. Mm. Um, they have a machine on the uh, the ship called the Flowrider, so it's like a surf machine. And knowing how I am, I booked my shot w- with Seth, my eight-year-old, on the Flowrider on the second-to-last day at sea because I knew I was going to fuck myself up. Because of conditions 
because of the change in itinerary and because we were being chased by a cyclone, they brought that right forward to day three. And I said, this is a bad idea. It's a fucking bad idea. Anyway. I was like, just book it. Renee was all, yeah, book it in. She's trying to kill you again, right? (laughs) Here comes Renee again. Step in. Stage left, Renee. Here she comes. So I said to Renee, if I stand up, get this shot because I'm going to fall down and break my neck. And I, I was able to actually surf quite well on this machine. But not only was I able to surf quite well, but I also nearly did break my neck. I ended up in the hospital on the ship um, all fucked up. You You tell the story so well. You know what? If if only you could show the video on the podcast, I would send you a copy of the video. You can just about hear my neck snap. I think you went to the ship hospital three times. Yeah, I did. Yep, I went to the ship hospital. It was 15 days. Yeah. So let's recap. How old are you? Uh, actually, I'm 49 in two days. Hey. Okay, you're an old man. You shouldn't be doing these things. I, I just have no self-control. I, I, I want to – I love the rush. So uh, another thing we did was zip lining. Uh, I'm terrified of heights. And the reason we did zip lining is if you have a morbid fear, and my, my fear of heights is morbid, like I, I freeze. So if you can overcome or override that fear – and I had to step off a platform that was about six or 700 metres high. If you can overcome that fear and then the adrenaline rush kicks in, it makes the a normal adrenaline rush 10 times greater. So it's probably like overdosing on heroin, you know what I mean, but surviving. No, no we don't, but, but I'm sure that you can compare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last overdose was a... <laughs> Oh, my Lord. So can, can I just ask you a question then? When was your last combined crazy thing you did together? Um, <laughs> oh, oh, actually, let me not. Let's... I feel like this is sexually related because the way that, like, Renee. It's definitely sexually related. Yeah. So okay. you're asking the craziest thing we've done together recently. Are you yeah, talking sorry, about sorry, sorry. Yeah, okay. Let's, let's go. I, this could be a wide range of things, okay. really. Are you talking? Let, let me just, let's split this right down the freaking middle. Were we naked or did we have clothes on when we did this craziest thing? Did we have clothes on? Oh, oh, shit. When do we do stuff with clothes on? We only do crazy shit with our clothes off. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. It was probably zip lining. Yeah, zip lining. Yep, zip lining was pretty out there. Yep. It was, um, it that was, was really good fun. It was absolutely out of mm. control. We had a cyclone coming in, as we, we mentioned before, mm. and um, they were thinking of calling the zip lining off. Because we had a, a tailwind that <laughs> it was so bad. Like this is the day after I'd fallen over on the surf machine thing on the <laughs> ship, and, and I've come in. I don't know, probably about seventy k's an hour. At least, at least seventy k's an hour. And they have a break, so they they pull this break. And I'm not kidding. That's not the only break. I felt another vertebrae going my neck. Like they, um, it was it was awesome. We got to do it. His legs like swung off the ground because he couldn't stop. Yeah, I nearly kicked myself in the face. Mm-hmm. That's how how quickly yeah. I came in. It was fucking yeah. awesome. Renee's a bit of a cupboard thrill seeker. Like she she comes oh. across as quiet and innocent. And I mean, no, you guys I you guys know the truth. But she's um. She's a bit of a closet thrill seeker. She um she gets it done. You should see our jet skiing, zip lining, anything go. <laughs> but what do you do on the forty ninth birthday then? If you can't go and do anything, like what do you do? Same as I did for my forty eighth. Fuck all. Yeah. Self isolation and everything. We just have to make the most of it by ourselves. You know what? When when you're getting close to fifty, and and you've lived like I have, and I've I've had some risky moments in my life there's probably been a maybe three or four moments in my life where I have been close to being killed when you get to 48 you're just glad that you're nearly 49 which brings you to 50 so mm. at 50 I'll celebrate 48 and 49 are just two more rungs in the ladder to get me to actually make 50 years old yeah next year will be a good I, will, I will be happy to have made 50 because there are probably a number of moments in my life where I shouldn't have made 50. So 49, 49 will be a stepping stone to the to the big one that I thought I was never going to make. And that's not a teenage premonition where, oh, 
I'm never going to see 25 or 30. This is me getting fucked up and hurt and nearly killed on a number of occasions. So 50 is going to be a big one for me. I never, never thought, well, I probably shouldn't have seen 50. So 49, stepping stone is a big one. You're not there yet. Come on. Don't talk enough. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, thanks, Kai. Another 12 months to do. You know, there's a fucking movie in this. There's a, the, the the guy no this this can be this can be at the next fringe if we're not poisoning the shit out of each other with our breath mm. we, this, we can um you could um you, you could do a show about a guy who gets fucking cocky at 49 because he thinks he's nearly made it and i mean it's up to you when he gets fucked up and how he gets fucked up but he's not making 50 <laughs> why don't you come over a few weeks before your 50th birthday i've got a few um, <laughs> things lined up for you yeah. Yeah, come over for dinner. Wouldn't you be pissed if it COVID nineteen got you? You'd be like, Man, I really wanted to go out in a really great, exciting way, like, you know, like jet skiing or no explosion, no broken bones, no nothing. Oh, my fucking lungs are eating themselves. <laughs> what the fuck? Do you wanna do a little spot we call the G spot? It's like a little quiz. Do you guys wanna do it? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. It's the G spot. You know what? Uh, I know where it is. Where is it? I'll show you. You ready? Seriously, it's still a myth, isn't it? Really? Well, according to Kai, yes. Yes. Well, okay. I'm not. I'm going to duck out here. No, no pressure. I'm going to Tamara. You ask Renee. Or Kai asks Renee if she feels she's got a G spot and if we know where it is. Okay, Renee. Do you feel that you have a G spot? And does someone know where to find it? <laughs> yes, I think I do. Yes. Excellent. That's good. That's, um, what about the second part of the question? And a H, I reckon. <laughs> oh, and you've got two spots, you think? Yeah, I reckon. Really? Yeah, yeah, true story. I thought this segment was called the G-spot. Tamara, why you look so shocked? It's, about, it's called the G-spot. Like, are you guilty or are you not guilty? You didn't oh, make that oh, oh. Thank you for sharing. We'll begin. We'll begin. Anyway, it's more of like a little quiz where we ask you questions and it's like, are you guilty of that? Like, have you ever? So it's right up your alley, actually. Oh, my answers are all yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So since we're talking about nude, we can all talk about the, uh, the nude topic. I thought I could ask you, have you ever been nude in front of a lot of people, both yes. of you together? And yes. when? And when? A few. A few. A few. Mine is a lot. Really? Go on, each tell us your tale. After a wedding. <laughs> At a wedding? At a wedding, after the wedding. Were you a nude bridesmaid or what? Come on, you've got no, to tell no, us. No, no, just after the wedding when we had a bit of a get-together afterwards just for some nibbles and... Nibbles! <laughs> and were you, were, you, were you drunk at the time or not even? No, just hungry. A couple of drinks, but just... A couple of loosener uppers. Yeah. Were you there at the time, Mark? Was this with you? Were you around? No, no this was before I met, met Renee, no. apparently. Was you I? There. Was I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, oh, no, no, I was there. There was nudity. I was like, I'm pretty sure you were nibbling. I was hungry too. I was too. hungry too. I was hungry too. Yeah. Okay. Wow. wow. Okay. Wow. Look at them going. Was it a wedding or was it a 40th? Both. Both? Yeah. Remember the 40th? No. <laughs> Hey, Renee, sorry, um, my next birthday party, you have to come. <laughs> uh, you don't have to come, Mark, but, you know, Renee, you do. I also haven't watched the kids. My nude story, yep. I was naked from the waist down in front of about 35,000 people. Nice. Okay. Just where? Like, was it at the Christmas pageant or? The Falls Festival. <laughs> the Christmas pageant. <laughs> I mean, put a bit of context around this. Come on. It sounds like it was on TV with 35 yeah, it was. It was at the Falls Festival. Okay. Hang on. This is important. The Tassie one or the Victorian one? The Lawn? Victorian one. Yeah. Uh, what year was that? That would have been 2002, 2001 or 2002 it would have been. I was touring with a band called Lazarus Dog. I was tour managing for him at that time. I was side of stage and I noticed that Lovell the drummer, one of his cymbals had toppled over. So I ran out to write his cymbal and tighten it up so he could continue to play correctly. And Vic the singer saw me running over to do this. So I'm reaching up, 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 reaching up to the drum riser to tighten up and Vic has pulled my bodies down. 
I don't wear jocks. <laughs> yes. So I've got two choices. Hmm. I can pull my boardies up like a pussy and scamper off stage, or I can keep my arms in the air and turn around and face 35,000 people. And I chose option B. Uh, option Good. B is always a winner. Good option. What are you going to do? Did you get a cheer? Did they cheer you? Like, yeah. I got a, I got a cheer. There was Actually, there was a lot of girls <laughs> laughing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's the most people I've been in naked in front of. That's yeah, well, good. That's all that's, right. That's good. That's rock star moment, and that's a very, very mature thing to do as as a manager. Of yeah, that's right. You know what? No, you know, no one knew I was tour managing, and we were all as high as one another. No one. I'm surprised I remember. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't go out nude to fix the symbols. I was standing there drinking a beer without any pants on, but with a t-shirt on and just decided to, you know, <laughs> can I um can I ask a question? And this may or may not be aired, but what about a embarrassing poo story? You know what? I I love poo stories. So like none of them are really embarrassing <laughs> like they're, they're, Renee does. I've got a poo phobia. Oh, oh. listen. I'm going to let Renee yeah. take the floor here. I, I love anything poo other than touching it. So I'm, I'm not the person to ask. I'm going to duck out and grab a fresh drink of Coke and, and I'm going to let Renee take the floor here because this this takes the motherfucking cake. This is this is, <laughs> this, this fucked Renee up from childhood to now. It still does. Still to this day. I shouldn't, shouldn't laugh. But he does. But I do. Well, this is quite telling because I do remember one of the first times I met Renee. I think you had you just had a baby. No, you were about to be a mum or you are just pregnant. One of the, Anyway, you were worried about, the only thing you were worried about about giving birth was if you were going to do a poo. Nothing yeah. else. Sorry, that is correct. And do you remember why? about doing a poo. Yeah, I had a phobia about giving birth and doing a poo because Mark said if I did, he was going to wrap it up and, like, hold it and be like, oh, Wow, look everyone, look at our new addition. It's a poo. The brown baby. Tell us your story. I want to hear so it. It all started when I was younger. I did a poo at my grandparents' house mm-hmm. and it wouldn't flush. So after overhearing my grandma and my mum talk about my diet and um, that it wouldn't flush, obviously overhearing this as a, as a little girl was <laughs> not very nice. Be embarrassing. Anyway, a few years later, still remember the story. I went to a family party. I didn't know them. They were like distant relatives. Two-story house. I thought, I'll go upstairs because I needed to do a poo. And we were staying there because it was like far away. I'll go upstairs where there's no one because I needed to do a poo. Anyway, did it. It didn't flush. And I was like, no, this can't be happening. So... I just went downstairs like nothing had happened and um, about five minutes later the whole party was upstairs trying to flush this poo. <laughs> Asking who the perpetrator was. I was like, ooh, as if no one flushes it. Like 20 years later I confessed to like, Oh, my God, sorry. I thought we were just going to say 20 years later they're still trying to flush that. <laughs> no, no, no. No, they ended up getting rid of it. So with stick. 20 years later I was talking to Mark about it because he was like, you know, why do you have such a poo phobia? And I told him and so like, we were laughing about it and we are like, this is fantastic. Like you have to tell like your sister, what you know, that that poo was yours. So anyway, we, we rang her and she was like, so? She did, no one gave a fuck. Like, I've been stewing over this for 25 years and you say, so? But then we are building a house. We thought, you know what, before we start renting it out, let's stay there just one night, you know, brand new house. Let's rent, let's, let's just swag it, you know. Didn't have kids yet. So it was only investment property. So we, we didn't build it to live in it. No. We, we built it to rent it. Yeah. yeah. And we had to meet the plumber there that night after work. So went to go to the, I needed to go to the toilet. And I said to Mark, I can't go because the plumber's going to be here soon. And, you know. New toilet, didn't know how the flushing system worked. So Mark goes, come on, we'll, we'll flush it, see what the flush is like. If it's a good flush, do your poo and, you know, everything will be fine. A test flush. A test flush, yeah. So we both stood in the toilet, looked at the toilet bowl, did the flush. Yep, great flushing system, brand new house, perfect. So there I am, sitting on the toilet, did what I needed to do, 
stood up, pressed the button, it wouldn't flush. <laughs> and then I hear a knock at the door. It's the tiler. <laughs> they turned the water off. Obviously, the tank was full. Oh, no. So I'm crying in the toilet and Mark's talking to the tiler. I'm yelling out, Mark! <laughs> Mark! Oh. And then he came in, he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, like the toilet seat's down. I'm, I'm like sitting on the toilet so no one can see it because of my poo phobia. I'm like, it won't flush. He goes, what do you mean it won't flush? And then he started giggling because he knew that obviously the water had been turned off being a brand new house. So he turned the water on and it flushed. Oh, thank God. Can't, I can't flush anywhere. I can't. I'll hold on for days. Will you? You're one of those. Yeah, yeah I'll, go, I'll go a week. R- Renee, Renee, yeah. just, just on that story where your um, grandma and your mum were talking about your diet. Yes. You changed your diet so your poos sank. Um, Solid. Apparently like a fucking baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Like just massive. Like you could have, like you could have. Um, it was you, like you solid. could have knocked an intruder unconscious yeah. with it. Yeah. You couldn't break it in half with the toilet brush. Wow. <laughs> what, what can I ask? What had you been eating? Like what were that? What we? Well, I was only like four at the time, so I'm not sure. The party party food, like probably lolly snakes or ginger nut cookies or something. I don't know. Yeah. Not not enough fibre, perhaps. No. Fibreless. I do have a good poo story, and this poo story could could be well known. I've heard I've heard this poo story in a in a couple of different ways and what have you. It's, be, it's become a bit of a myth. You may or may not have heard it. There are photos to back this story up, so I've I've actually seen the photos to this poo story. Hit me with your poo story. There was a group of friends uh, went away on a houseboat. They played a game on this houseboat. Let's just say they were away for seven days. And on day one, they had to have a shit and hide it somewhere on the houseboat. The last person's shit to be discovered won whatever the prize was. Anyway, one by one, these chunks of shit were being found. It didn't have to be a whole big lump of <laughs> shit. It could be a small amount. <laughs> but, but there was... There was a minimum size, okay? So there was a minimum size. So you enough to be found. You could cut you could cut this to size to minimum size and still be in the game, okay? So it didn't have to be a Louisville slugger, okay? So one by one these poos were being found. One of my mates, who we shall just name Neil, because that's his name. On the last day, they pulled they pulled into the dock and no one had found his poo. And they said, right, that's it, motherfucker. Now, where is it? Game's over. You've won. Where's this poo? Neil goes to the fridge. He pulls out the tub of margarine. He grabs a soup ladle and he scoops the margarine out with a soup ladle. And in the bottom of the margarine container is a chunk of Neil's shit. <laughs> they all immediately realised why Neil was not having butter on his toast. <laughs> Horrific. That's a true that's story. Yeah, uh, that's a great Aussie game to play. If you're bored, uh, isolated at home with your family, you can play that game. My kids play like that all the time. Hide, hide the, the poo. poo. Yeah. <laughs> Our cat started playing that game. When we oh, your cat started playing hide the poo. Yeah. Was the cat really good at it? Oh, brilliant. We would sniff that out. Mm-hmm. Oh, the cat wasn't that good. So disgusting. Yeah, no. Foul. It took a while. It took, didn't take very long to find. Yes. Yeah, we've got a, a cat called Cuddles because we let the kids name the cat. And the cat is, uh, yeah, they fight over the cat. I don't know if the cat will survive with having a four-year-old <laughs> boy who likes to pick it up by its neck. Oh, gently, of course. Yeah, of course. Oh, so yeah. gently. And we're yelling the whole day. We're like, will we stop that? He's like, but I love the cat. You know, strangling it. It's a uh, yeah. I feel sad. And you, oh, you just lost your little dog, Fluff. Oh, that's sad. Sixteen and a half years, my little mate gone. Yeah, that was sad to hear. Is it? Yeah. Do you feel like losing an arm? It's funny. Last night I was eating a nice biscuit just before bed, as you do. I broke the corner off for him. Uh, we had him put down two weeks ago, mm. and. It's still like he's here, you know what I mean? He, he was that much of a companion to me. It's I still 
when I get up in the morning and I walk around the bed to open the blinds, I'm still very careful I don't tread on it, you know. It's um really, really, really weird, weird feeling. But you know what? The guy had a good life. He did what a lot of dogs didn't get to do. He used to come jet skiing with me and quad biking with me and, you know, That's doing right. my... Not many dogs do that. Not many, not many dogs do that. No, I remember you'd have a little, like, wetsuit on him and you should just pick him up like a, like a bag yeah. of luggage. And That's right. Yeah, and goggles. Yep. yep, goggles, rashy and a life vest and we'd chuck him on the jet ski and he'd come jet skiing with me for hours. He loved it. So yeah. God. I miss and my this, little and jet this was, this, was, this was a great Dane, wasn't it? So. Yeah, great, yeah, great Dane. Pod, the, the podcast listeners can't see me. Like I've I've got a, a beard, I've got long hair, I'm covered in tattoos, my nipples pierced. I'm six foot two. I'm not massive, um, but six foot would, two. Six foot two. Yeah, six foot two. Um, some would see me as imposing. All right, well, you know what? You you don't believe I'm six foot two? No, you're not six foot two. No, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Stand up. Okay. Well, I'm 5'2". Go, go, can you please um, go and grab the tape measure, babe? It's just oh, in the drawer. The... No, look, Dutz is not. No, because you're only a bit taller than me. <laughs> so Renee's just st- stood up, gone off to get a tape measure to, me- to measure Dutz. And, um, yeah, she's nude. She's definitely nude. Yeah. Top, that, tops off. And tops that, off. And that, uh, and that slapping noise that you heard was Dutz doing star jumps in the background. I don't even know. Dutz can't be 6'2". No way. Really? Yeah, he is. That's interesting. How, how tall are you, Kai? Uh, seven foot nine. <laughs> Got a <bit>. Hang on. <laughs> Fuck, he's giant. He's seven foot nine. I believe him. Okay, I believe you then. Six foot one and a half. <laughs> I'm six foot one and a oh, half. There you go. Yeah, see, I'm approaching 50. I'm on the way down. You're on the way down. <laughs> you used to be. You've dropped half of me. I am six foot one and a half. Good call, my brother. No, so I was going to say, like, why is it that women, right, like if women want to be funny and nude, it's not taken the same way. It's not as socially acceptable as blokes, right? Like if a bloke's do it, oh look at so and so, he's hilarious, he's out there nude or he's streaking, you know. But and generally speaking, if a chick does it, it's like, oh, what the, what the fuck is she doing? Why is she doing that? She's just showing off, or she's being a, you know, la la la. I, I kind of that pisses me off because I would like to be a nudie chick, but to, for for the fun of it, not not to be like, you know, why portrayed you, as. Why don't you try it? No, this is the see the stigma. It's really got me scared. You can say slutty if you like. It's and then you know what? This is the problem. And and mm. you know me, I mate. Life is a two way street, and you you would never have heard me say anything sexist. I probably offended you, but it wouldn't have been in a sexist manner. And if I saw you running up the street letting off firecrackers or sparklers, it would be just as funny to me as if Kai was doing it. it it's it's not the fact that you're male or female. It's that you're getting nude and doing something silly. This is leftover shit from the 50s. This is what this is. It's the woman should be covered. The woman should be, geez, how far back do you want to go? She should be in the kitchen. She should be bringing the children up. What is that woman doing working? That's why we only have one family car. You know what I mean? Mm. That shit's gone and over and done with. This is 2020. And if chicks want to let off fireworks and run up the street naked with their boobs out, they should be able to, and it should be just as funny as if Kai did it or I did it. There's, mm-hmm. It's absolutely no difference. The other problem is too is that people who are small-minded sexualize just about everything they can. So, oh, my God, that woman's bearing her breasts. So I'm bearing mine too. Mm-hmm. And mine aren't as important as hers because hers nurture children. Mine do fuck all. <laughs> I just get long as I get older. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? Very debatable. They do a lot, your nipples. I've seen your nipples do many things that most nipples can't. <laughs> In fact, I, you've got a good set of man boobs there. Pecs. Pecs. Yeah. Oh, tomorrow, look, I took my nipple ring out. Aww. Because it got... <laughs> It got that it got that, that infected that I thought I was gonna go to my heart and I was gonna die. Oh, even, even worse, you'd have to cut your nipple off. Kite nearly came off. It, honestly, my nipple was that badly infected. I I squeezed it to have a look and I nearly shot I nearly shot Mandy Winnan in the face. It, it oh. was 
atrocious. After two lots of antibiotic studies. Did you get a photo of that? Dude, it came out at about 240 kilometres an hour. It was awesome. <laughs> it's like squeezing the ultimate pimple, right? Yeah, it was great. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm nipple ringless now. Wow, look at that. Such a clean little nip. You never know it would have been through the ringer. Ringer, get it? Ah, get it? Ah. Well, uh, Renee and Dutch, thank you so much for chatting to us from all the way from your, your house to our house, over over the web, over the interweb. We appreciate it. Thank you so very much for talking to us when you know we're in isolation and we we could be, for those listening, we are in the Barossa region and we're we're in isolation. Um, One more week. You guys are still talking to us. The the microphone is only 30 centimetres away. It's quite dangerous. You guys must really love us. (laughs) (laughs) We all know it that. Is very, it is very, it is very contagious, and it can jump through electronics. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the le- next one. Hang on, the um, the Barossa did get smashed with the COVID with the US uh, tourists, didn't it? US and Swiss. Mm. There were two two clusters. They're calling them. There were two two clusters of tourists, and um, the US tourists and, and a and a bunch of Swiss tourists. They did infect quite a few people while they were here, and um, I think there might have been 31 confirmed cases when I last heard, which was a couple of days ago in the Barossa. So the Barossa is not a massive region. Um, we have a lot of small towns with big space in between it, and um, um, it's quite easy to um, to pass a virus like this around in an area like this. So yeah, we're um, it's pretty quiet around here at the present moment. So, um, um, yeah. I think, I think everywhere is quite quiet at the moment. It's cricket. I don't know, Kai, because I'm not allowed to, out to have a look. I just have to take <laughs> <word> for it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's insane, isn't it? But, I mean, it's giving the environment a little break from us humans, which is a, must be a good thing. You know what? You wait. If, if, we, if we go into full lockdown, I cannot wait to see the state of the earth in certain places. Oh. I think I, I read... Uh, in maybe Japan or somewhere that was had gone into lockdown, that there were deer in the street. You know, it, it, this was a, a main road, like where where there were uh, humans and and motorbikes and cars and trucks, and this was in in a, the space of a day. You know what I mean? Yeah. We are a plague, and if we were gone, this earth would be a much better place. But I'm a selfish fuck and I want to stay here and live and have a good time and adrenaline rush and watch my kids grow up and do more stupid things. Excellent note to end on. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I do too. I want you guys to stay around. Please do. But So stay safe and uh, love you lots. Thank you for chatting to us, guys. Thanks for having us Thanks on. For having us. Woo-hoo.